0: Hello and welcome to the Swift Legacy Podcast, a show where we talk all things Taylor Swift with a focus on her early career. We are your hosts Amy, Molly and Rachel and today we're going to be discussing the tracklist for Red Taylor's version. Before we get into the content of this episode, I think we should take a moment to appreciate that in our previous episodes, we predicted that the vault would include nothing new, a collaboration with Ed Sheeran and co-writes with both Laurie McKenna and Mark Foster and all four of these predictions came true. So
1: today we want to take an in-depth look at the tracks for Red Taylor's version of Bolt, and put together all the information we
0: already know as well as delving
1: into our own speculations.
0: As well as myself, Molly and Rachel for this episode we are also excited to be joined by Emmy from 10 Years of Taylor. Let's do them in order. So we'll start off with Ronan which was written by Taylor and she credits Maya Thompson as a co-writer because it was inspired by reading her blog. Obviously we have already heard this song, Uh, it was originally released in September 2012 as a charity single with all proceeds going to cancer charities. This was essentially the first vault track to be confirmed when Maya Thompson posted part of an email that Taylor had sent her to let her know just a few days before the tracklist was officially released.
1: Taylor sang the song twice, once for Stand Up To Cancer and again on the 1989 tour. And it did actually reach number two on the Billboard Top 100, right behind We're Never Ever Getting Back Together, which was number one. I actually got a lot of hate for posting this on my Instagram saying I thought it was gonna be on the Red Vault. Like people were like, definitely not. No, that's so stupid. That's so insensitive. Taylor would never do that.
2: If she hadn't included it, then people would say the exact same thing anyways. It really exactly. is a
0: lose-lose situation. Like, people would say she's attention and money-grabbing for putting it on, but they'd also say she's not raising awareness or ignoring it f- if she didn't put it on. So, I, I'll be honest, I maybe didn't expect it to be on Red. I felt like she might re-release it, but not on Red. So it did kind of surprise me.
1: I, think- I like the reasoning she put it on Red. Like, how Red is an album of Red Emotions. And I like definitely everything that Ronan encapsulates it's a red emotion I think it's fitting
3: I think I think I thought it was going to be on there as long as Maya gave approval which she obviously did and I think actually mm-hmm. the timing is is really nice because she's releasing a book all about her experience with childhood cancer and so to have Ronan be re-released alongside around the same time that that book is being released is really gonna help with awareness, I think. And she's very active on social media, always posting, always trying to do things, charity things, stuff like that. It's not like she wants to keep it super private. She's um, she's very public about it. So I think that as long as she feels like it's, it's an honor and she's very happy for Taylor to do it and it's being done, in the right way i think it's it's really good that it's going on right
0: definitely so moving on the second song from the vault is better man which was originally recorded and released by little big town in 2016 and
2: stayed at number one in the country charts for two weeks taylor has performed this three times live at super saturday night in 2017 at the blueberry cafe in 2018 which we still don't have the full performance of and again, in 2018, at a reputation tour in Nashville.
3: Petition for her to release a bonus of the full recording at the Blue Cafe because the inner circle have that. The
0: next song on the vault is Nothing New, which will be featuring Phoebe Bridges. Now, we don't officially know the writers of this one, but we would assume that it's a solo write, considering that Taylor wrote it on a plane from Sydney to Perth. So we would suggest that it's probably going to be a solo right unless there are edits after. Would you agree?
1: Mm. Yeah. Do you okay. guys think Nathan Chapman's going to produce that or not?
0: From what you said previously about his maybe political alliances, I feel like it's not necessarily particularly likely.
1: Which is quite sad. It's but. been like nine years since she's worked with him anyway right now, though. So. That's so sad, though,
0: because they did make some incredible songs together. Yeah, Yeah. they
1: did. So the lyrics that we know about nothing new are, I'm getting older and less sure of what you like about me anyway. How could a person know everything at 18 and nothing at 22? And will you still want me when I'm nothing new? So we know it's written in March 2012 on a plane between Sydney and Perth on an Appalachian dulcimer, which I really, really, really hope we get on the vault version of it. I think that'd be so pretty, almost kind of like Invisible String. Um, and it's Joni Mitchell inspired, but um, you all heard that podcast before, so <laughs> we'll just put a park in that one. And to quote Taylor's diary from the song, she says it's about being scared of aging and things changing and losing what you have.
0: I feel like just every time we mention nothing new, we go on to the whole Joni Mitchell rant. So we will try to contain ourselves for that. But if you want to hear the whole Joni Mitchell backstory, then do listen to our other red episodes because we delve right into all of that drama. The fourth song from the vault is Babe, which was written by Taylor and Pat Monahan from Train, who were the original artists of Drops of Jupiter, which Taylor performed on the Speak Now World Tour, which is one of my personal favorites of her covers. And Babe was originally recorded and released by the duo Sugarland made up of Jennifer Nettles and Christian Bush in 2016, with Taylor as a feature singing backing vocals. Now, I don't know whether this is an unpopular opinion, but I've always thought that Jennifer's vocals were too harsh for the song. So I'm really excited to hear Taylor sing the lead on this version. And I also think that the Sugar Land version seemed to lack emotion in the vocals, which is something that Taylor excels in injecting in her own recordings.
2: Yes, like you said, yeah. I think it's like all of Taylor's songs, I think they're all better when she sings them. Like I don't think I've heard a cover by anyone that I prefer the cover instead of Taylor's. I think she sings her song from the heart and it's from her, it's her lyrics. It's better when it comes from her. I just think
1: Taylor's going to go hard on that bridge. Like, since you admitted it, I keep picturing her lips on your neck. I can't unsee it. Or oh, she's going to go hard.
3: I feel like there will be a newfound appreciation for Babe within the fandom when this is released. Like, I don't think it got quite as much attention as it maybe deserved because it was possibly too different from how she may have originally intended it to be or how she would have done it and she would have recorded it. The vocals are quite different. So I think it will definitely see a surge in fans when it's recorded and released.
0: The next song on the vault is Message in a Bottle. And this is the first one that we essentially know absolutely nothing about. So let's just throw out our theories, a short couple of sentences on what we think this song could be. Emmy, do you want to start?
2: Yeah, so I think it's like, like the song title is, is sending a message to somebody Uh, So a bit like uh, I Almost Do or Dear John when she wrote a song, knowing that she would probably release it and that person would get to hear the song. So I think it's the same kind of concept here, maybe. I think I
3: get the uh, I Almost Do comparisons, like sending a message to someone that, mm, yeah, oh, it. I don't know. In my head, she's stranded on a desert island and literally putting a message in a bottle. There's nothing else I can think of now. The other thing is the title itself. So we have three songs that we know pretty much nothing about. We have Message in a Bottle, we have Forever Winter and we have The Very First Night. And we know that one of those is a Mark Foster co-write. And of those, that one seems most likely to me because he, he said, it's a really cool song, you know, we just kind of went into it casually, like let's just jam and have fun and something really cool came out of it. So that could be the very first night to me or it could be Message in a Bottle. Don't think it's going to be Forever Winter, but I think that's skewing my my theories about it because in my head it's Mark Foster and that description doesn't go with the, I almost do theory that Annie said, but it could very well be that Mark Foster was on the very first night and I'm completely wrong, so. I feel like, I
0: don't know why, but in my mind, the Mark Foster collab, or not collab, but co-write is the very first night. But for me, Mm. message in a bottle, I'm kind of almost thinking like crossed wires communication in that, I don't know, I just have this picture that she's like, she's written all of this down, put it in a bottle, thrown it out to sea, but then water's got in it and like all the words are smudged and like it's a wrong, wrong interpretation of the letter and what she was actually trying to say. This, this is fully, just random crap coming from my brain. But that's the only mm. theory that I have. Rachel, what do you if have anything like, that makes more sense?
1: Yeah. What if it's like a metaphor for like a message in a bottle? It's like a bottle of wine. I'm going to drink this bottle and tell you how I feel.
0: Call it message in a bottle. Okay. If that is not what it is, we need to write that because that's we genius. Do. That Thanks is genius. God Please write that with me. on the same
1: page with that. It's kind yeah. I don't know, but like that then again could have been the reason why she wouldn't have included it on Red back then because she didn't really do heavy alcohol references back then.
3: The next song on the vault tracklist is I Bet You Think About Me, which is collab with Chris Stapleton. As a co-write with Lori McKenna and the collaboration with Chris Stapleton, it's pretty safe to say that this is going to be a country song. This is the <laughs> only one of the songs that we've got that the inner circle actually have. And so we've got a description of this song and the description says Taylor shares the contrast between her life growing up and that of the boy she delves. He grew up in a Silver Spoon gated community and she was raised on a farm. Despite them being in love, reality set in and he realized they were too different to stay together forever. The chord progression and vocal melodies are incredibly beautiful throughout. The vocal lines tend to play over and over in my head long after listening to this song.
0: First of all, I'm really annoyed at Steve for being like, oh my God, the vocals play over and over in my head because no one else can hear them and it's really annoying. And the second thing, is she saying she didn't grow up in a silver spoon community Thank with you. the pool underneath the floor in the <laughs> living room? Well, you were upper middle class. You lived in an absolutely massive house. Anyone who's seen the photos knows that. Are you that really looks like trying to be such a nice house? Are you really trying to be like, oh my gosh, I grew up on a farm?
1: But he- that's also like massively about Jake Gyllenhaal, though. It was like, he grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth because when his parents like like stream rights or something like that.
0: Oh, I don't know. I know I've, nothing I've about seen... that guy other than he doesn't shower.
1: <laughs> no, no, I really liked him in the day after tomorrow. Like, I think I went through the Drake Children Hall phase, like, at the same time Taylor did, not being funny. Because, like, I watched this interview where he um, was talking about how his parents used to make him volunteer at, like, homeless shelters or something. Because he grew up really, really privileged, and they always wanted to make him, like, aware of what
0: he had and be grateful.
1: So that's it's a drake G song.
0: The inner circle also say, and I quote this is perhaps the most valuable and rare unreleased song in our collection. So we are pretty smug that Taylor is going to be releasing it and further devaluing <laughs> their collection. Anything to one-up Steve, we are we're just really
3: happy. <laughs> At this point Taylor is scrolling through the Inner Circle website going, this one's not leaked, I'll release this
0: one, this one's not leaked. I'm, I'm really excited for this one because I think with Chris Stapleton. I mean, I don't know if you guys have heard his voice, but it's like, it's so gravelly. And like, I just think it's gonna be such a country song. I'm insanely excited about it. Moving on to Forever Winter. Once again, we know absolutely nothing about this song. So what we're about to say is complete speculation. Emmy, let's start with you. Where do you think this song is going thematically?
2: So, Honestly, it makes me think of Frozen. I don't know why. For Forever Winter, just makes me think of Frozen. I don't think it's going to be a Disney song, but I just it makes me th- it makes me think of that. Uh, Imagine like... if
0: she just rewrote Let It Go. <laughs> <laughs> it was the premise.
2: everyone be like she had Idina Menzel as a special guest. It was an Easter egg, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but we know that she. Wrote a song with Max Martin and uh, Max Martin and Yoan that she never released because she wrote four of them with them, uh, four songs with them. So, oh yeah. So the one song that sounds pop to me is Forever Winter. It sounds like it could be repeated over and over again or something like that in a chorus. I don't know. I
1: feel like you know how Red uses the colors as the analogies for like emotions and stages of a relationship. I feel like it's the same thing but with seasons, and that's why it was cut from red because that metaphor had kind of already been similarly explored. It's yeah. just my prediction.
0: I feel like it's probably going to be a really sad song. And I think it's it's probably going to have like the whole metaphors of cold and ice and frozen hearts and all of that type of thing. Um, I just, I don't know why, but I have like in my mind, like for the visualizer lyric video, like all these flowers like coated in frost and ice icicles um but i i feel like it's gonna be a slow song maybe even a piano ballad if mm-hmm. anything um emmy i definitely hear what you say about max martin however personally i feel like the very first night could be more of a pop thing but it we'll, could be we'll that. it could be like it's we probably. are fully speculating here
3: yeah
0: um molly do you have any ideas on forever winter
3: In my head, the closest song that she's released that I can think it might sound a bit like is Evermore, thematically. Mm, I was thinking that. Yeah, like the whole... I just didn't say it. (laughs) Okay, Rachel. I, I have nothing more to say except the fact that I think it will be very similar to Evermore. So the next song on the
0: vault is Run featuring Ed Sheeran. Molly called it back in the collaborations episode that we would get another Ed Sheeran collaboration. And we have. So Run is the first song that Taylor and Ed wrote together and it's more than possible that it was written on the same day as Everything Has Changed.
1: Yeah, it was in the trampoline, wasn't it? They wrote like two Mm. songs together when she was in Hyannis Port at that new house.
0: Just like Everything Has Changed, this is basically a co-write between Plus-era Ed Sheeran and late Speak Now-era Taylor. So I have very high hopes for this song. I would really love it to have more of a plus feel to it, lyrically and melodically than everything has changed. Keeping the storytelling that Taylor is so good at, but then adding some of the insanely specific lyrics that Ed Sheeran excelled at when he was writing his first album.
2: And Ed himself said a couple of years ago that he was surprised that Taylor chose everything has changed out of the two songs they wrote together. So he thought, well, he, we didn't know the, the, the song title at the time, but he thought Run was better and I'm glad we finally get to hear it.
0: Which makes me so insanely excited because plus era Ed Sheeran's songwriting, Molly will tell you I can go on about this for (laughs)
3: literal hours. There are lots of mixed opinions about Ed Sheeran at the moment, but you cannot deny that he was very talented in his early days. I mean, he still is, but he's gone very commercial and very, he's the kind of guy that strikes me as he cares more about the charts than, than actually putting out quality music but Plus was an elite album. Like that album is so good. The penultimate song on the Red Vault tracklist is called The Very First Night. Now, again, we don't know a thing about this. We don't know writers. We don't know any lyrics, never heard the title before. So Amy, any theories on what it might be about?
0: Well, I'm glad you asked me because in fact I do have some theories and they are not as in the gutter as your theories. I think it's going to be the Max Martin-Shabak one. I think it's going to be very pop. Um maybe even 22 vibes about maybe like the first night you meet someone, like she says in 22 we ditch the whole scene, end up dreaming instead of sleeping. It's kind of like she's just met this person, maybe in a club, they're just gonna get tacos. I don't know. I don't know what Americans do. Very
3: innocent, Amy. I'm sorry.
0: Look, (laughs) I'm (laughs) trying. I'm trying. I'm I I (laughs) fine. What's your theory?
3: Okay, well, we all know what my original theory is. But Do my we? second theory is I'm now stuck on the fact that it, the, the fucking lyric from Superman loved you from the very first day. And no, and now I'm stuck on that. And so I can't think of anything else. But
1: John Mayer does. tease. No. <laughs> Don't.
3: It, it's the night to the day of Superman. Maybe it's just a really dark version of Superman. I'm thinking of Holy
1: Ground and that and left a note on the door with a joke we made, and that was the first day. That's all I can think of. And I think the very
0: first night. That's Diana, going over <laughs> in my head. Emmy, do you have any theories for the very first night?
2: Well, I'm just going to bring another example of the very first blank, um that very first week in All Too Well, because All Too Well is like the passage of time so the very first night made me think of that but your idea Amy made me think of um, Enchanted like you just meet somebody for the first night. I honestly feel like
0: the title could be unbelievably sad or unbelievably like disco boppy like yeah. there, there are two ways that it could go um a disco but yeah.
3: Song on red please can we mad of me. I want a disco song on red. <laughs>
0: it's late <laughs> my brain is not working by disco song i <laughs> meant 22 well.
3: just just to you know you've got to have that <laughs> roller coaster of emotions and you've got to be really happy before you listen to the 10 minute version all too well that, that is true
1: we, we know what she is with track listing <laughs> she's yeah. like yeah i think <laughs> like, about my track list so much and then anyway. you've got like fucking make them dance make them cry too well like we'll
3: never have been getting back together hold <laughs> up track run that is london boy soon you'll get better false god what the fuck <laughs>
0: <laughs> that. we're going to move on to the very last song on the red vault which is all too well the 10 minute version mm. written by taylor swift and liz rose obviously we already know the normal version but this is going to be extended 10 minutes obviously now we do know some of the lyrics already from the lover journals rachel do you want to read them
1: there we are again you're crying on the phone realize you lost the one real thing you've ever known I walked through the door with you. The air was cold. Pictures on the fireplace that you're showing me around. There we are again when you blew the candle out, took this blazing love and stared it right into the ground, running scared. I was there. You mail back my things in a box with no note except for that scarf from the very first week. Yeah, you keep it in your drawer because it smells like me. Shit, that's really good. You mail back my things in a box with no note. That's so specific. I just just can't. I kind of miss that style of writing. Love Evermore, One of my favourite albums, but... That kind of like, that really is so real. Like, you know, that happened.
0: The way that it's just so specific. I just think mm. that's incredible in her writing. And I, oh God, I'm just so excited to hear all of, God, all of the different lyrics that she came up with for this, because whenever she talked about it, like in the red era, it really, it sounded like it was just this absolute downpour of emotions made into a song.
1: It, it hurts. And they didn't even break up, they got back together after that.
0: To round this off, let's all just say the song that we are most excited to hear from the vault, starting with Molly.
3: Nothing new, because I'm a Phoebe Bridges fan and I also am getting older and a bit scared about it. That's fair enough.
0: (laughs) Rachel?
1: Is it really basic if I say the All Too Well, don't I?
3: Yes,
0: but I'll let you have it. Thank
2: you. Okay, Emmy? I would also say Nothing New because we have some lyrics and I hate being teased. I just won the whole thing. I'm with you on that.
0: Okay, I am going to go with I Bet You Think About Me because, just purely because it's the Laurie McKenna co and I love that woman.
3: Not going to lie, I think this is possibly the re-record I'm most excited for. Really? Mm-hmm.
1: No, mine's definitely the debut album.
3: Mine, mine's debut as well. Yeah. Also
0: kind of speak now because I want the Fallout Boy collaboration facts right. oh, i what, want drama queen
2: and um castle yes oh, oh you're speaking our language uh, yeah if,
0: unfortunately that's all we've got time for today but we want to say a big thank you to emmy for joining us on this episode we will see you again next week with another episode of the swift legacy podcast